You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 187. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today I have an extra special guest, and we're talking about a topic that I haven't talked about for a long time. So let me set the stage for you. Before I do any new podcast episode, I go back into my archives. I have this big Google Doc that I use with all of the topics and titles from my shows. So now that I'm getting closer to 200 episodes, there's a lot of content I've already covered. So before I do a new show, I go back into the archives and just check so I don't repeat the same topic twice. However, it gets a little tricky with social media because I could talk about social media every few months with all the changes on the different platforms. So I went back into my archive and I looked up Pinterest, which is today's topic. And I realized that I haven't talked about Pinterest on this show since 2013. So it has been a while since we have gotten into the tips and tricks and strategies around the Pinterest platform. Now, I'm not doing this show alone because I am not an expert in this area. However, my good friend Jenna Kutcher happens to be an expert. Now, it's not something that she solely teaches inside of her business. However, the reason I love bringing her on the show and the reason why I call her an expert is because she's gone before us, meaning she got in the trenches, she did the work, she figured out what was working on Pinterest, and then she created a program around what worked for her and what can work for her audience as well. And if you know anything about the way I like to teach, that's exactly the way I do it. I go first, I try it, I get in the trenches, I make my mistakes, I have my big successes, and then I put together a training for all of you showing you exactly how to do it, and of course how to sidestep all those mistakes that I personally made along the way. So Jenna's a perfect person to talk to about Pinterest since she's had some really big successes inside of her own business. Now, you might be thinking, Pinterest, what? I'm into Instagram or Facebook is where it's at or no, it's all about Snapchat. I don't think Pinterest gets the respect it deserves. And according to Jenna, it isn't just a place where you search for recipes, home decor or fashion. She says, oh, Amy, it is so much more. And it's not just a place where you get to generate a lot of traffic for your blog, but it can also generate profits for your business. And when she told me that, I was all ears and I wanted to dive in with all of you so you could learn alongside me because this stuff is new to me as well in terms of what's working right now on Pinterest and why we should pay attention. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and dive in. Jenna, thank you so very much for being on my show. I am so excited to have you here. I am just so thankful. This is honestly so crazy because you are the woman that got me into podcasts in the first place. 
I can't even believe that because your podcast is on fire. <laughs> so that just kills me. I love to hear it though. You have such a loyal tribe that hangs on every word you have to say, whether it be on your podcast, on your blog or anywhere. So I'm honored to have you here today because I want my audience to know you even more. So before we even get there, will you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today and what you do in your business? Absolutely. So my journey has been one that is interesting. And I think what is so funny is nowadays we all just feel like we are so boring. But I think that what is different about me is that I finally just owned the fact that I am just an average girl in small town, Wisconsin, who chased some really big dreams. And so I went to school for business and economics, and I wanted to be in the corporate world. I dreamt of that corner office and those stiletto high heels (laughs) and all the things that came to it. And now I find myself working from home in my yoga pants and I couldn't be more happy. But the truth was, is that I landed my corporate job. I worked for Target in HR and I just found out that it wasn't for me. I felt like my soul was being sucked out of me and that red and khaki were not my colors. Let's be (laughs) honest. And so when I realized that there had to be something bigger for me, I just didn't know what it was. And I feel like a lot of us are in that place where we can listen to people talk about their trajectories or where they are now and wonder like, what is that one thing going to be for me? And for me, it ended up being a $300 camera on Craigslist that got this whole thing started. And I bought that camera, not in the intent of becoming a photographer, though that was what happened. I became head over heels in love with photography, but also in just starting a brand. And little did I know that college education would pay off in big ways because I took that and ran with it in a way that a lot of artists weren't running. And so I became a wedding photographer. And over the last six years, I photographed over 125 weddings. And it's been an incredible ride. But beyond that, I started to notice that a lot of artists and creative entrepreneurs were really struggling to have a business that was authentic and sustainable, but more importantly, profitable. And so I would meet up with fellow photographers and they would talk about the struggle and the fact that they had to update their resumes so they could go out and get a backup job and that they were out of the game because they couldn't make a living doing it. And I wondered, well, what had I done so right? I mean, I had built a six-figure business in three years flat and I had cracked some code that other people were struggling with. And so in that, I began to teach and my brand has evolved. But the funny thing is, is that it's grown with me. And so it's not just photography anymore. It's teaching and education. I run the podcast. I talk a lot about body positivity. I share our struggles with miscarriage. And I just feel like I tapped into that whisper that just started as a gentle, there's more for you and really tapped into what my calling is. And so today looks a lot different than it did six years ago, but man, I would have never guessed that a $300 camera would take me to where I am sitting with you today. Such a good story. Now I wasn't going to go down this road, but we're going to get to Pinterest 
because you have an amazing success story around Pinterest and you're going to teach us some things so we can get started as well. But before we get there, I want to ask you about your brand in general. So like you said, you talk a lot about body positivity and you guys got to follow Jenna on Instagram. I'll link to all her stuff in the show notes, but she's got this great Instagram channel and that is one of the topics. And like you said, you and your sweet husband have had multiple challenges with miscarriages. So you have a podcast about that and you talk about it. And the reason I bring up these two big things is because they are not necessarily about what you sell and what you do in your business. And how do you mesh that all together without people thinking like, what the heck is she talking about? That has nothing to do with her brand, but it's so beautiful and it works for you. And I want to do more of that in my brand. And I want my students to learn how to be vulnerable and open and be able to discuss more than just what they're selling. So can you talk to me about your philosophy around that? Absolutely. I think that one of the things that we often struggle with is that we are so focused on the products or services that we offer that we forget about the human aspect and the ability to connect with people in a way that creates this relationship. And so a lot of times the brand and just who I am gives me the ability to meet strangers who say, I feel like I know you, or I feel like we could sit down and enjoy a margarita together. And the truth is, is that a lot of times in our lives, I think that we all have parts of our story that are really hard and really scary. And I realized on social media, it's so easy to share the things that are going great, the things that we love, the things that we're passionate about. But oftentimes when we are glossing over the hard stuff, we're not really opening ourselves up to real connection is more of that surface level, generic smoke and mirrors connection. And I realized that I yearned for something bigger than that. And so what I found is that I realized that my brand is super multifaceted and it could almost be confusing if I didn't know how to message it in a way that made sense, because I am speaking to so many different audiences when I'm talking from photographers to entrepreneurs, to people struggling with infertility, to high schoolers with self-confidence issues. And so it's such a broad thing. And so what I've really learned to do online is to make sure that I'm sharing a well-rounded look at my life in the sense that not every post is going to serve every follower, but every post has a purpose. And that purpose might look different for everyone, but the purpose for me is to create a connection so that even if somebody doesn't need my products or my services, they still feel connected to me, that I'm still a presence in their life so that when the time comes or if they know somebody who does need me, I'm the first person they think of. And so a lot of times in our lives, the things that we are most afraid to share, those are the things that are going to resonate so deeply, that are going to connect you with people who are like you, who understand you, and that are going to really create this human experience well beyond social media and the things that we are really excited to share about. Uh, the human experience. That's such a great reminder. And I just want to reiterate one of my favorite things you just said is that not every post is going to be for everybody. Even if they're part of your audience and you have something to sell to them, that doesn't mean every single post has to be just for them. It gives you a little wiggle room to actually share the real stuff. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I think it just really opens us up 
as entrepreneurs to really take credit for our stories and to own them because a lot of times it's far easier to tell other people's stories. And so I think that when we remind ourselves to show up in a place of service, even if that just looks like encouraging someone or letting them know that they're not alone, when it comes time to sell, that sale is so much easier and it invokes so much less stress because you know you've shown up in their lives in other ways beyond just marketing what you have to sell. Ugh, so true. Okay, I wasn't planning on going down that road, but I knew you had something <laughs> really valuable to share in that area because you've nailed it in so many ways with your audience. This is why they feel that they know you so well and they love you so much. Okay, so that is such a great lesson in and of itself, but we're gonna move on to Pinterest. Yes. So I talked about this in the intro, why we're talking about Pinterest, why I have you on the show about this topic, but tell me why do you love Pinterest so much? Well, I mean, the first thing that people are always surprised when I start talking about Pinterest, cause I just light up about it is everyone thinks, well, you're obsessed with Instagram. And I think that a lot of people know it's no secret. I love Instagram. It's my social media outlet of choice, but I want to let you in on this secret, the secret that I took years to discover. Instagram does not generate the most traffic to my site. In fact, Pinterest is the winner when it comes what? to this. And it wasn't always like this because people look at it and they're like, you have, you know, 150 or whatever thousand followers on Instagram. And I have maybe like 10,000 on Pinterest. Pinterest moves the needle more in my business than Instagram ever could. Wow. I mean, I'm a little bit speechless about that. Well, let me, let me dig in a little <laughs> bit deeper because let's be honest. I think that a lot of times we are all so obsessed with numbers. I know you and I, we are like yes. strategy and statistics and we love all of that. But the thing is, is that when I had my first assistant, when I finally hired Caitlin was my girl. And I remember sitting down with her at a coffee shop and we were kind of just doing like a run through, giving her kind of the rundown of my business. And she goes, so how are you using Pinterest for your business? And I was like, um, I like pin chicken recipes and like cute <laughs> outfits that I'm never going to buy. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, how is it like directly correlated to the traffic? And I, again, was like literally flabbergasted and like awkward sweating. Like she just figured out that I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I challenged her and I said, if you want to run with Pinterest, I was like, I've never seen results from it, but if you want to run with it, I trust you. And I'm curious to see what happens. And the crazy thing is, is that Pinterest sends over 5,000 unique visitors to our site every single month. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's 5,000 more opportunities to capture our dream client's attention and then to convert their attention into profits. And so what's changed that is changing our perspective on Pinterest from something that we're just aimlessly scrolling through or a place that we're searching for something when we're shopping, but it's a place where you can find just about any resource, any piece of inspiration or a how-to with just a simple keyword search. Okay. I just, when I heard these numbers initially, I was like, what is she talking about? I had no idea that Pinterest could be that powerful. So I'm one of those entrepreneurs that pretty much overlook it. So why do you think most entrepreneurs do overlook Pinterest? 
Well, I think there are a number of reasons. And I think first off, we are just so overwhelmed. Like we're drowning in a push for Instagram followers. We're trying to put out blog content. We haven't updated our portfolios. And so the thought of another platform just feels daunting and overwhelming. And so that's the first reason is we're just maxed out. We are at our capacity when it comes to social media. I think the second reason that people overlook Pinterest is that they've never really thought of it as a place to meet their dream clients which by the way, a lot of our dream clients are hanging out on Pinterest every single day. And then lastly, I would say that a lot of people just don't understand how to use it. So we know some of the basics or maybe we've heard things from people who have found success, but we've never actually understood like, how does this apply to the content that I'm already creating and what I'm putting out into the world? Okay. So you have said before that you need to make a few mindset shifts around the platform in general. So kind of walk us through that. Yes. I'm all about mindset these days. And I think that a lot of times we as entrepreneurs have these limiting beliefs where we are just holding ourselves back from the bigger things because we're afraid, like, what if it's not going to work out? But here, if you hear anything during this episode, I want for you to hear this. Pinterest is not social media. It is not a social media platform. It is a search engine. And when you can understand that simple statement, everything can start to change. And so when you think about it, people don't use this site like social media. They're jumping on Pinterest and using it like Google. And so we're finding that people use that search box to find the things that they're looking for. And this, like, honestly, it changes everything about how we bring our content into the platform. Because when it comes to search engine optimization or SEO, we'll want to include very strategic things like keywords as searchable terms so that we can show up in the search results within Pinterest. So we focus on pinning and the change in that is because we're going to be bringing our content into Pinterest and that will allow us to be found in the search engine and convert pinners from simply just pinning our content into paying and profitable clients. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Here's the thing though. When I think about people searching in Pinterest and that right there is a whole mindset shift because mm-hmm. I probably haven't gravitated toward it because I'm like, I don't understand how that is even a social media platform. But you're saying don't even look at it like that. Look at it as a search engine. Love that. But are people really searching for things in my world? So are they looking for webinar strategies or course creation strategies? Aren't they just looking for recipes and outfits and and different things like that? Oh my gosh, you would be shocked. It's funny. Now that I've changed my mindset, I will catch myself going onto Pinterest and typing in super specific needs. And I think that a lot of times, if you think of who your ideal demographic is, and for me, it's creative women who are launching businesses, you think about things where people are searching for blog templates or how to get started with X, Y, and Z, or five ways to blank, blank, blank. And so when we started to realize like, I'm actually using it in that way. And a lot of times people are looking for the more visual aspects, but when you can lead them and connect them with content that really resonates and makes sense, 
you are capturing them in a whole new way. And the coolest thing about Pinterest is that you have that visual component that makes Instagram so popular, right? So it's partnering the visual aspect that Google is lacking with the keyword aspect that makes the searchability. And so you have multiple opportunities to capture the audience that you are looking to capture. Okay, okay, I'm coming over to your side of this Pinterest. <laughs> you're, you're speaking my language. I'll get you. You'll get me for sure. Another thing that I was thinking of is I've heard you say that you shouldn't be worried about your number of followers, which feels very different than most social media platforms. Absolutely. I think too, I always talk about how we are just so obsessed with more, 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 and we forget to serve the people that are already showing up for us. And I think that Pinterest should almost be a breath of fresh air for all of us out there who have been hustling to get more followers or who are so focused on those numbers going up. And so what I think is so awesome and such a relief for us about Pinterest is that it's not about the number of followers. It's about creating strategic and viral content. And so you have to have another mindset to understand that it is not about the number under your name. It's not about having more followers. It's about creating relevant content that is going to drive traffic and not just letting the strategy stop there. Because I think a lot of times people are like, great, well, my traffic numbers increase. So that's where my work is done. But then having a really solid plan in place once you get that extra traffic. And so the numbers could be great saying, okay, we get 5,000 unique visitors a month and we're just kind of getting started on our Pinterest strategy. But if that's not actually translating to growth in your email list or growth in your profits, then that traffic is just kind of falling flat. And so I want you to think about, I mean, when I go onto Pinterest and I find something I'm really interested in, or I really need, or I'm ready to purchase, I am so likely to just click through to that person's Pinterest page and follow them. But more than that, I am way more excited to click through to the actual website and read the article that was pinned. And so when we talk about having a certain amount of followers, it really doesn't matter. I would way rather drive that traffic and have a strategy in place than to just see my number go up without seeing the extra results of people actually clicking through. Uh, So incredibly important. What's on the other side? I love that you've brought that up. Now, before we go any further, let's talk about some of the best practices when it comes to Pinterest. So some of my listeners may be very new with this platform. And although I'm not new to it, I don't know a lot about it. So give me some of those best practices. Absolutely. So one of the things that we first recommend when you start with Pinterest strategy is just going through and kind of cleaning up your boards. Because I know when Caitlin started working on my Pinterest game, I had the weirdest, most irrelevant (laughs) boards ever. Like she's like, um, what does clothe me please mean? And I was like, oh, it's just clothes I like. And she's like, okay, that's not going to work. And so something that has helped me really understand and wrap my head around Pinterest is think if you, Amy Porterfield, had a magazine, what kind of things could we expect to see in this magazine? And so when I think about that for myself, I think that it would make sense to have an 
outfit board, a travel board, because I love to travel, maybe a nutrition board, maybe something to do with dogs, because I love dogs. But beyond all of that, what would make sense for my brand to have? And so when you start to think about it, less truly is more, because we would rather have quality over quantity. And so a lot of times we kind of have to clean it up and make sure that all of our boards are labeled with search engine optimized keywords. So instead of saying things like clothes, me, please. It's like outfits I love or outfit inspiration or things that people are searching for. Now, that isn't necessarily going to translate into customers, but it is going to give people a visual representation of who I am to help them understand if they want to follow along. And when they choose to follow along, then they will be served all of my content, which includes the business stuff and the strategy stuff. And so a few things that are best practices when you are creating pins is you want to have things like a vertical design because it takes up more space in the smart feed. You want to make sure that your graphics are on your brand colors. You're using images that make sense with your brand. You want to use really large font titles. You want to have a call to action in every post and you want to have keywords in your pin description. And if you really think about this, this isn't unlike things like Instagram or creating Facebook ads. It's really aligned and very much the same ideas as that. Ugh. So good. These are great. This is like a mini workshop. You know, typically (laughs) I only do the mini workshops. I don't have my guests do them. This is making my day so good. Okay. So I knew Pinterest, like Instagram and Facebook, rolled out the smart feed, which means that they're showing the best pins to followers first rather than chronologically. So how do you make the Pinterest algorithm work for you? Absolutely. So first things first, I want to just remove the lie that so many of us are believing about social media and algorithms. And we're making algorithms out to be the bad guy, right? Like how many of us are like, oh, the algorithm hit and I couldn't crack it. And so I'm just so done with it. I hear it all the time. And the cool thing about algorithms is that they're creating better user experiences. And so you've talked about this on your show. I know it. And I think that a lot of times when we start talking about algorithms, people just gloss over because they think like, This platform is out to get me, but I think that we should shift our mindsets and really say, how can I use this to make sure that my content is relevant to the people that I am trying to reach? So here are some rules when it comes to the smart feed and making the algorithm work for you. Number one is you want to pin often. And when I say this, I always just smile because I can see people being like, okay, now I have to hang out on Pinterest for 30 minutes a day, but I'm going to dispel that myth for you in just a few minutes. So Pinterest is going to see you as a more reliable source if you are active on their site. So just like all the other platforms, the more active of a user you are, the more trusted you are by the platform. And so when I tell people to pin often, I always get asked the question like, I blog once a week. How in the world am I going to pin 20 times a day like you recommend? And I want to kind of share this rule to ease that stress or that burden that's coming on as you're learning. We follow what we call the 80-20 rule. And so when you're pinning, you want to follow the 80-20 rule, which means 80% of the content that you are pinning is other people's content that will serve your ideal clients. And 20% of your pins is going to be your own content. 
So you want to make sure that you're just mixing your stuff in instead of just having one separate board where you're pinning all of your own work so that you are serving your audience with varying content and providing and proving that you are this expert in the field among others. And I love going on Pinterest and pinning things that I know will help my audience and partner with my own content to add value to their lives. So it kind of makes this great way to support and build up other business owners. And it totally helps me in terms of having enough content to pin when we're relying on our own work. Cause I feel like a lot of people get freaked out and they're like, I'm not putting out enough content to pin that much. But if you think about it, if you're pinning 20 times a day and it's 80, 20 rule, you can be pulling four or five posts from your archives and the rest of them can be other people's content that is relevant to your ideal clients. Okay. I did not think you were going to say that much can be done with other people's content and that should allow most people to breathe a little bit easier. Absolutely. And I think it's so cool too, because it gives us this opportunity to support other entrepreneurs and to really just look at, like, look at your brand and what you're teaching. And there are going to be places that you just have zero interest of teaching. So, you know, your ideal clients might need help there. Pull from fellow entrepreneurs, create this community, which is so cool while doing your work and creating an audience that is captivated, that is excited to see what you're going to post next. For sure. Okay. So that definitely is an awesome strategy, the 80-20 rule. So let's talk about the 20 then. How do I get the most mileage out of my own content? So one of the biggest misconceptions about Pinterest, and I believe this for a long time, is that you can only pin new content. So I thought that the way to use Pinterest was I would publish a blog post and then I would just go to my blog and pin that one image from that post. And then that would be done. Yes. I love that idea. That's like a lot of (laughs) entrepreneurs are doing that, right? Like they think that they're using Pinterest and they're not seeing results because that is the only way that they're using it. But here's something really cool. And I think that a lot of people don't know this, but once you know this, your eyes are going to be just open to the possibility. So you can import in brand new pins. So if you create one blog post, you could create five pins using different graphics, different headlines, different colors, different images, and import them all to link back to that one piece of content that you just put out. And so I use Canva. I know you've used Canva in the past and we just create pin templates and I'll write one blog post and we'll create five different pins for that. But the cool thing is, is that on Pinterest, you have to understand that not everyone is seeing the content that you're putting out the first time you put it out there. And I think that a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves to always be creating new stuff. And we forget that the majority of our audience probably missed it the first time. And so what we do is we'll tune into our analytics and we'll reschedule pins that have done well and get them back up into our feed. So it's kind of the way that we repurpose our content. And it also allows us to get the most mileage out of every piece of content that we're creating. So when we take that one blog post, we create three to five different pins using Canva for that post. And then we test which design or which headlines or keywords resonate best. So we kind of use split testing in a unique way. And then that way, when we see the results, we schedule the pin on all of the boards that make sense. So you can pin one pin onto two or three different boards. So I could have tips for female entrepreneurs. 
Instagram tips, grow your email list tips, tips for photographers. And one piece of content could probably serve multiple audiences. Mm, okay. So if you're doing the math with me, it's like one piece of content can result in nine different pins that we can spread out and schedule throughout the week or month. Okay. So speaking of scheduling, I'm guessing you have a few Pinterest tools that you use then. Yes, absolutely. So I think one of the most daunting things about learning a new social media platform is the fear of devoting a ton of time into it because not many of us are just sitting around dawdling, waiting for something new to pop up. We are busy people. And so that misconception that you have to sit on Pinterest for 30 minutes a day, man, Let's just let that go because we are spending maybe 30 minutes a week on our Pinterest strategy per week. So that's like nothing when you think about it. Okay. I'm so glad you said that. I got nervous because I'm thinking you must be spending hours a day on this. <laughs> Absolutely not. And the, the cool thing is too, is when you can get strategic about it and when you can practice the 80-20 rule and you can create pins for the content that you're creating and almost make a resource library out of it it simplifies everything. So the cool thing that not a lot of people know about Pinterest is that you can schedule out your content and automate it. And so we use a platform called Tailwind and Tailwind really helps with scheduling and it also helps cleaning up your links and making sure that your links are going to the right pages. And so basically what Tailwind does is it allows you to connect your Pinterest and your Instagram account so that you can easily schedule your Instagram posts into Pinterest, and you can schedule your article posts in Pinterest. And I love creating things specific that I know are going to do well on Pinterest. So I write inspiring quotes and having a feature that kind of connects Instagram to Pinterest makes it super simple to create content once for Instagram and also have it pinned. And it helps us reach our pinning goals in terms of the number of pins each week. But basically what I love about Tailwind is kind of like Meet Edgar, it creates a resource library and you literally just drag in the posts and when you want to post them. And so you can see when your audience is most active, what sort of pins are doing the best, and it's really cool. And I think what's so such a struggle for most of us is we're like, okay, so how does this algorithm actually works? But using a program like Tailwind, you can make sure that if there's any spam or any broken links, that it is correcting it before it ever gets pushed out into your feed. Because Pinterest is going to punish you if something isn't linking quite right, or they think that you're using a pin that isn't right connected to your site. And so you might actually be surprised if people are pinning your own content from your site, but it's not linking up correctly. And so Ugh, it's the worst. Think of all those nights where you've like pinned images and you're like, oh, I want to cook that or I want to buy that. And then you click through and it's like something totally irrelevant yes. and not at all what you thought it was. And it's so annoying. And so what I think is really cool is that Tailwind has tools where they can automatically go through, check each pin for you. It's called the pin inspector, which I love. And it goes through and it looks for anything that might need correcting. And then it allows you the ability to go through and delete or fix any broken links so that you make sure that everything that is coming from your account is clean and reliable. And that will have you show up in the algorithm a bit more. Okay. That's an amazing tool that they can clean up broken links. Uh, yeah. And it's crazy because I do a lot of those inspirational quotes and a lot of times people will save them to their computer and then upload them and 
link them to something totally irrelevant. And so it's really helpful to be able to see what content people are pinning from my site, but linking incorrectly so that you can kind of report those so that anything that's linking to your site is just seen as a reliable source. Oh, so good. Okay. I'll link to that tool in the show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash 187 and any of the other resources Jenny gives us. Okay. So that's a great tool. Now, one other thing that I really wanted you to share with us is your strategy around getting engagement up because what does engagement look like on Pinterest if it's not really like a typical social media platform? And then how do you actually get engagement? Absolutely. So just like any other social media platform, we want to have engaged followers. But remember, Pinterest isn't about the number of followers. And so what that looks like in terms of engagement when it comes to the platform of Pinterest is repins. And so you want to work towards getting more repins to your work. And one of the coolest aspects about Pinterest is the ability to have group boards. And so group boards are basically multiple collaborators, and it is the quickest way to gain exposure and increase your repins, your followers, and your traffic. Because basically when you pin them, it exposes your content to everybody following that board. And so you can collaborate with other pinners that have bigger followings and immediately get access to their audience by placing your pins in their feeds because they are following that board. And so although these other pinners might not be following you specifically, we know that that doesn't matter. But every time you pin to that board, anyone that is following that specific board will be able to see your content. And this is so powerful. And I am all about community over competition. I think it is so great. And so it's really fun to team up with other women entrepreneurs or women educators. And we're all kind of teaching in different scopes. We're all serving different audiences. And I truly believe that there is more than enough to go around. And so it's awesome because we're all creating resources for a really similar audience. And so when we have this group board, it gives us the ability to reach one another's audiences, not in a way that's going to take away from what you're putting out there, but in a way that is going to support our ideal clients who likely have many needs, who likely have many struggles. And so I love, there's a website called Pin Groupie, and it's really easy to search for group boards that might be a good fit. And my tip on this is to find a board that you can bring your expertise and be seen as an authority. And then just make sure that it's an active board that has several contributors that are all kind of bringing their followings to the table. And then just see if it's open for new contributors so that you can join. And I think that, you know, a lot of times in business, we hear a lot of no's, but I am in group boards with some other entrepreneurs that are females. And it is just so awesome because that board has a massive following, but we are serving our audience so well without having to be constantly on the app or constantly creating new content. Uh, So good. I never even heard of this. So pin groupie. Yes. That's another great resource I'm going to link to in the show notes and just kind of give people more information about. So good. Okay. So this mini workshop has been amazing. (laughs) It's not done yet because my final question is that if you were just starting out with Pinterest, I want you to give my listeners three to four pieces of advice to keep in mind or just kind of like a quick start guide. But the first thing I'd say is, 
would I be right in thinking the first thing I want to do is just clean up my Pinterest boards and just clean up everything I'm doing on Pinterest? Because I feel like I'm kind of a mess. Absolutely. And honestly, the cleanup is kind of fun because nowadays you can have secret boards. So you don't have to go through and delete everything you've ever pinned. But if there are boards that just might not make sense in terms of a brand standpoint or might not resonate with your ideal clients, just move them down to the secret boards that you can still access that content. Because I think a lot of times on social media, when people learn new ways, they're like, I just want to delete everything and start over. And while, while that is an option, I would say, I mean, you obviously have invested even if it's just as a consumer, you've invested on the platform. And so don't delete all of that because you might actually want those things, but just scoot them down into secret boards. And so we recommend just starting with five boards that would kind of make sense from a brand standpoint. And you don't want it to be all about your product or service. I think again, just like on Instagram or in a brand standpoint, you want to create those connection points so that people that might not know that they need your products or services have a reason to follow you as they prepare themselves to potentially need what you have to offer. And so I always say, you know, think about five things. If I were to ask Hobie, what are five things about Amy? What what are five things that Amy loves beyond what she does for a living? He could tell me about motorcycles. Okay, let's not get crazy. Let's say dogs for sure, though. (laughs) Dogs for sure. Decor, like, come on, yes, brand new studio. I do like that. Um, So you could think about things that Hobie would tell me about you. And those would make really excellent boards because they're going to tell a better story than just creating the tips and tricks that you teach. But I would say, you know, just simply go through and take a little bit of time to clean it up. It doesn't have to be extensive, but I think having that visual of imagining a magazine that is your brand, what kind of things would make sense to include, to make sense to show up in your feed is a place to start. Next, I would say, Just take 30 to 60 minutes when you're first starting out per week. So per week, that's not a lot of time. And you can start setting things up and getting it into autopilot. So for us, what we did when we first started out is we looked at our Google Analytics and we said, what were the 10 pieces of content that have performed the best over the last month? And then I went into Canva, I made two pins for each article, and we started the process of scheduling that content to go out and creating that content library. And it honestly doesn't take long at all because you know now that it's all about keywords and searchability. And so you just want to spend 30 to 60 minutes a week just building up that resource library so that you can put things into autopilot so that when you're busy, you're not thinking, oh man, I got to get on and spend another. 30 minutes on Pinterest, it can be running and pushing pins out for you during the times that your best and most ideal clients are on the app. And then the last thing I would say and encourage you, which is so aligned with everything that you teach, Amy, is to dig into who it is that your ideal client is. And when you can serve them and create valuable content that speaks into their lives, that solves a problem for them or makes them their lives simpler, or that just simply adds joy to their life, you are going to find so much greater results in that 
because you are putting out content that is so specifically curated for the engagement of your ideal clients, which is going to help you get past that algorithm and get into the feeds so that you can generate traffic and turn that traffic into paying clients. I can't even. This has been I feel like so this good. Be like a mic drop. <laughs> you really should. Like we're just envisioning it right now because that was so good. But it actually doesn't stop there. I want to say three things. Number one, you can find out more all about Jenna and everything she has to offer at jennacutcher.com. I will be linking to it on my show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash one eight seven. Also, she's got an amazing podcast, Gold Digger, G-O-A-L, Gold Digger, so, so good. I can't even, I could go on and on actually. (laughs) But the third thing I want to say is Jenna has a Pinterest product. And what makes this Pinterest product unique is that she's gone before us and she's done the work and she's gotten amazing results with Pinterest. So she put it into an online training program, but here's something really cool. It's also incredibly affordable. So it's not going to break the bank to actually learn this stuff. So we are actually purchasing the program and my virtual assistant is going through it and she's going to start to clean up everything that we're doing on Pinterest. So I don't necessarily have to do it. Someone on my team can help me, which I love. So Jenna, first of all, what is the name of the program? It is the Pinterest lab, the Pinterest lab. Yes. And I'm just so excited that you're going to go through it. I I'm so proud of it just because I have learned so much from you guys. I am an avid student of Amy, so I've taken all of her courses, but this course, you can apply it within about a day. So I love it because you can see results super fast. Okay. It's music to my ears. I love (laughs) that. And where should they go to check it out? Awesome. So if you want to attend a training, you can go to teachmetopin.com and I'm just going to share my biggest Pinterest strategies with you there. And if you're ready to just take the leap and you know that after listening to this, you've just got to go for it. It's the pinterestlab.com. And either way, I would love to just help you out and to kind of just encourage you to know that this is a platform worth investing in. Perfect. Jenna, I cannot thank you enough. You know, my favorite people to interview on my show are those that come to the show prepared and you went above and beyond to offer such great content and turn it into a mini workshop. So I know this took you time to prepare for this and thank you so much for caring that much about this episode. Hey, I am one of your listeners. I am the girl taking notes during these shows. And so thank you for giving us a platform to learn. I am just so honored to be with you today. Thanks again. I can't wait to talk to you another time. You have so much you could talk about, so I'm sure we'll have you back on the show. Thanks again, Jenna. Thanks, Amy. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jenna as much as I have. We are definitely going to be cleaning up our Pinterest boards and our Pinterest strategy over on my end of the business. And I hope you have found enough value in this episode that you think, you know what? I want to give it a shot as well. We are going to be diving in and looking at our Pinterest strategy in a totally different way. Remember what Jenna said. It's really about those mindset shifts that you need to make in order for you to embrace looking at Pinterest in a different way and really taking it up a notch and getting it to work for you. I cannot wait to see you again next week. I hope you have a great week in between this episode and next. I'll see you next Thursday. All right, guys. Bye for now. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.